Lotta racial the shit. Lotta racial was the big thing. OJ. OJ was big. That's right. Black people too happy, white people too mad. White people are like, bam, this is I ain't seen white people that mad since they canceled MASH. Black people way too happy. Like, hey, we won! We won! Yeah, we won! What the f did we win? Every day I look at the mailbox for my OJ prize, nothing. And ooh, it's all about race. That shit wasn't about race. That shit was about fame. Because if OJ wasn't famous, he'd be in jail right now. If OJ drove a bus... If OJ drove a bus, he wouldn't even be OJ. He'd be Orenthal, the bus-driving murderer. <laughs> and everybody, oh, the jury's so stupid. Out of here, man. They're so stupid. How could they not? White people would have done the exact same Okay? The exact same Cause if that was Jerry Seinfeld charged with double murder and the only person that found the glove just happened to be in the nation of Islam. <laughs> Jerry be a free man. Be eating cereal right now. And when it went bad, you cut cases. these guys loose. Your Honor, you have markers inside a bony transfer. Your Honor, you doctored the logbook. Yeah, you coerced the doctor. Consider yourself in contempt. You. Colonel Jessup, did you order the code red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Were you aware that if convicted, they might be freed in only 10 years? Yes, I heard people say that, yes. Do you think men who kidnap a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. Do you think two men who rape a child should be free in 10 years? No, sir. Do you think two men who hang a child should be free in 10 years? No. Well, what do you think should happen to them? What would be a fair sentence? Objection, do you think they honor. deserve to die, Mr. Hitler? Answer the question. Charlie, do they deserve to die? Yes, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Yeah. Welcome back. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. And in this episode, I am joined by my uh, good friend Christina, my sister Kenya, my brother Corey, and my niece Samaya as we discuss our reaction to the verdict, the guilty verdict, thank God, of uh, murderer Derek Chauvin of George Floyd. And um, just our reactions to the trial, the feelings that we had, uh, and how we continue to feel about the future of black people in this country. As even at the day of the trial, there was another um, black person in this country that was killed 
by the police, uh, Micaiah Bryant in Ohio. And it is very difficult to continue to see this going on. And it's, it's kind of the reason why I felt the way I felt after the verdict of Derek Chauvin. And I get into it in the conversation that's going to be presented. So um, it's uh, just us talking about our feelings and some of the other things and uh, reactions to it and even the past uh, and our expectations of what we thought was going to happen. Uh, and I'll be back to wrap it up. But this is a heavy one or a deep one today. And uh, this is the Zero to 100 podcast. Let's go. It's the Zero to 100 podcast. I am joined by several guests. I have my good friend and frequent uh, guest, Christina, on. Hello. My sister, Kenya. Hey, hey. My brother, Corey. Hey. And my niece, Samaya. Hey, Samaya. Hello. Okay, so I had you guys on because yesterday was the uh, end of the Chauvin trial and he was found guilty on all three counts. I'm going to go around the horn to see if any of you were shocked by the outcome. And I'll start with the youngest. Samaya, were you shocked? I wasn't shocked, but like greatly relieved. Um, there was a big part. I feel like there was a decent amount of my thinking that they were going to convict him. So uh, um, I wasn't shocked, but I was really relieved. That's fair. Mm -hmm. uh, Kenya, were you shocked? No, not at all. And I'm actually more like Samaya. I'm more relieved. I've been watching a uh, whole bunch of stuff where uh, police officers have gotten off. I'm, I'm watching this uh, show on CNN called The People Versus The Klan, where this young man got killed in Alabama. They talked about the Emmett Tilt case and all of that. And the, these people have been getting away with murder for years. And this one was actually on video. And so while I wasn't shocked, I am relieved. Christina? Um, I was shocked and I am relieved. I was shocked because this ain't the first murder that we've seen on videotape. This ain't the first assault we saw on videotape. And time and time again, um, we know, you know, we never get justice. I mean, everybody seems to kind of forget Rodney King. I mean, they, they're technically the cops literally broke the law on that videotape and not one of them was convicted, not one. So we have a history of when we do uh, take the police officers to court, they um, don't get convicted or they get convicted of one of the lesser charges. So um, to see that at this point, they, um, you know, the jury did what we wanted, which was to convict all three. Yes, I was shocked. I was screaming. I called Will. Will was driving and I was probably screaming in his ear because I, I literally just couldn't believe it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was shocked. Will can tell you how, how, how loud I was screaming. I was literally jumping. I told him, I was like, you know, I'm not 
the, I'm not a, the most religious person. I'm more spiritual. I kid you not. I was doing a praise dance. I did several <laughs> praise dances. Okay. While I was talking to Will. That's why I was so out of breath, Will. Because I was literally <laughs> doing praise dances. I'm not even joking with you guys. So that's how I feel. Corey, were you sh shocked? Um, I wasn't shocked. I was, um, it, it's funny because like I was nervous or whatever. So I didn't even watch, like Chanel texted me at like, I think she texted me at like four or something. It was just like, um, how you feeling? Like, yeah, you, you know, what's happening? I'm like, I've been working. I haven't watched the news. So like, I didn't even know that the jury had a verdict. And I checked on Twitter at like 4.30 because Chanel said that they was, they was going to have a verdict <clears throat> at 4.30. So I looked at it a little bit on Twitter. And then I was just like, you know what, I'll just wait. And so I didn't know. Chanel came home with Elias and she was upstairs. And I was like, so what happened? What was the verdict? And she said with straight face, he got off. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I was about to snap because I told Chanel, I was like, man, if this before the verdict, I was like, if this dude get off, I'm going to have to go out there and protest, man. I'm going to have yes. to get out there and riot with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, so then Chanel was like, no, I'm just playing. She was like, I should have kept going with it to see what she was going to do. Oh, like, I would have been no. out there by myself <laughs> trying to trying to burn stuff. down something. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I was like, that moment when she said it, I was just like, how? Like, it's not possible. But so I guess, you know, I was a little, you know, like I, I was nervous before, I guess. So like, cause I was just thinking like, there's no way they, they you know, you could have quit this dude. But, um, you know, it, I guess it, it was a little surprising. I guess that they convicted him of all three and didn't choose, um, like one of the lesser charges or something, but I guess it was just because it was so blatant and egregious that, um, you know, there was no way that they, they couldn't convict them of all three. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was, I wouldn't say I was shocked because I think initially when the trial first started, I just automatically felt like he's definitely going to be found guilty. It's just a question of what, charges are they going to the um like you know I, I you know I guess if it was a shocking thing it was that they got him for all three um and, and I think it's normal that like I definitely had a t a twinge of nervousness just as it was coming because like Christina said there's been too many times that we've seen it and it's like it's almost like uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy in the football. Like how many times you gonna see Lucy pull the football before, you know, even if you think she gonna hold it there, you gonna be nervous trying to kick it. And that's that's what it, it has been like. So I, I definitely understand the nervousness. Like when you, the guys that, or for y'all that said y'all weren't shocked, did you at least have nervousness about it? Like, oh yeah. Um, I remember I had came downstairs because um I had earlier in the day I was watching on YouTube the uh, defense give their closing argument and I fell asleep because he was taking so long. So then I came downstairs and I saw that they were out. Oh, wait, no, that was the day before. But OK, I came downstairs and they were like, OK, they're about to come back together. And I just stood there because I was like, OK, any time now. 
and I got so nervous. I had to sit down. And when they said guilty and like they said, like it had to be unanimous. I was like, okay, so it's guilty. And I've, I like all the a wave of relief came over me. And I mean, you probably don't remember, but like we have this thing as college kids or kids in school, it's like the same relief you get after clicking out of all the tabs that you've had up on your computer for doing a school assignment. It was like a big relief come over me. It's <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, it was like, um, I really thought like, okay, if they say he's not guilty, like everybody's going to hit the streets and we, there might be people out there looking for blood. Like it's going yeah. to be serious because you literally can't say he wasn't guilty. And I don't think that the defense did a good job proving that he wasn't. So it really made no sense to me if he wasn't found guilty. Yeah. I was, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kenya. I was going to say, I, I agree with that 100% um, that, um, I, first, I forgot your question. Were you nervous? <laughs> Were you nervous? Were you nervous? Oh, I had, I had a little bit of anxiety and I was sitting in front of the TV watching CNN and I was like, I'm not going to watch it because if he gets off, I'm going to be so upset. But I did have anxiety because one of the reasons that I think that he kept going was because people were saying, hey, you're killing him. And so I hate, I don't want to be racial about this, but I sometimes think white men like to dig in when you telling them they doing That's something sure. wrong. Us, and they like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep going just because you're not going to tell me what to do. When when uh, I was talking about this with Shalay this morning and I said the look on his face at the time when he was killing George Floyd was, I, I said I could read his mind, I felt like. And I felt like what was going through his mind was, Oh, you not gonna tell me? You not gonna tell me what I can't do? I'm gonna do what I want. You can't. Who you talking to? Who you, talk, you talking to me? Like, and I was like, because that's the mindset I feel like too many cops have. I'm not saying all the cops, but the bad cops have that mindset of I'm the authority. You're not gonna tell me what I can and cannot do. You're not gonna speak back to me like they, they all had it. My and it's not white. Black it's not girls. just white ones. It's Exactly. Like I never forget when I was driving uh, Lyft and I picked these dudes up and I was taking them down to the uh, the Eagle Stadium in Lincoln Field and you know I got in this one lane to turn because I thought this is where you could turn and drop the people off and I quickly realized that wasn't the right lane and so I started getting over to get into the, the other lane to go straight. Now wasn't any cars coming. I wasn't holding anybody up but the cop that was directing traffic, who was black, saw me and he jumps in front of my car, stops me and be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I was in the wrong lane. I chose to get over into this lane so I could go straight and drop these guys. Well, these dudes gonna have you getting a ticket. And I'm like, like, so I, I'm sitting there looking at him like, now was in my mind, I wanna say to him was, first off, dude, you causing more of a traffic incident by jumping in front of me and holding traffic up as opposed mm -hmm. to just letting me go. And I'm like, he, he was so, like I'm cutting out some of the stuff he said, but it was so over the top. And I was looking at, and I ain't saying nothing, I was just sitting there like, boy, you, like you just, I get it. I was like, you, you lucky, you lucky you a cop because 
What's but my thing is, and even the guys in the back, like because it was white, they was like, "Good lord, who the f was that guy's problem?" And I'm like, "Exactly." Like, but if you just if I was to speak back to him, or if I was to bow up to him, then I've been dragged out of my car, and God knows what happened because it don't matter that he was black. I just look at him as a cop, and cops, whether they black or white, they to me they over the bad ones anyway abuse their power and I just feel like he definitely was looking over that mindset of you're not gonna tell me what to do like the fact that they were yelling hey what are you doing and he was just like yep and like and, and so I'm just look I, I want to say I, I'm sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I, I just don't understand as a society as a country why we hold these police officers to like we put them on a pedestal like as if they can never do anything wrong i mean the way that they the way that they are requiring us to speak to them is almost more respectful than you would speak to your parents or your grandparents you know your parents especially grandparents it's like you almost bow at their feet right because you got they got their age they got the wisdom and all other stuff and it's like police officers are requiring that you treat them better than you would your own grandparents or your parents and I don't think like you ain't nobody for me to be you know talking to like that you know you know is there is it cordial yes is it is it should it be respectful you know yes absolutely I'm not trying to sit here and say curse a cop out left and right but I just it just seems like it's like you have to you know bow down and praise them and have a shrine to police and I'm just like they're they're human beings just like us they have uh, a badge, a gun, and a blue uniform. Not a blue life, a, bu- a blue uniform. And when they take that off, they're just just like me and you. They're not gods. They don't need to be praised. They can make mistakes and they lie all the time. Mm-hmm. And that we see them, we see that happen all the time. But yet, we know that cops lie. But yet, we just always believe their well, not well. White people always believe their accounts. Black people always give it a suspicious when they hear, oh, what a cop story is. So I just, that's something that I always just notice. Like, why is that? Why do we do that to them when they're not worthy of that? I mean, it's, it's I, I think the thing that I'll, I'll, I've looked at, I, I, I don't know if it's, it's the way that our country is built where you have this, um, action-oriented or violent-type society, but I mean, because I've said it before, I, I would never want to be a cop. I'm not even going to front. Like, there is no way I would want that job. Like, I don't want to be, like, it, it's the life-or-death situations at times that, like, because there are situations where you pulling somebody over and you don't know what they're doing, but but I I recognize that I can't handle that situation and there's too many, in my opinion, that aren't built to handle that situation. Like they're mm-hmm. like they they're not built for it, and yet they're in this job where it's a life or death decision, and they're so afraid. It's like you know, I thought somebody had a sign that said, "If you if you know, take your scaredy cat a into another right." Place. And that's the reality of it because. I recognize that I don't want to be in a situation where somebody could potentially shoot at me. Therefore, I'm not a cop. So 
I, it's like, but if you're that scared of somebody looking at you or somebody walking towards you, somebody coming towards you, then you're in the wrong profession. You shouldn't have it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to ask y'all this. I, I wanted to ask you guys this. Now, Samaya, you, you wouldn't know about this because you weren't, uh, you're too young. You weren't born yet. But um, how do you guys equate your feeling of like this verdict compared to say the OJ verdict? Cause you know, Chris Rock had the funniest joke in the standup where he's saying black people too happy, white people too mad. And I don't feel like it was that split this go around because I feel like everybody saw what that man did. It was like, that was wrong. Like I never heard it where it was so unified. Now, of course you did have people who, of course you had a racist people that was like, oh, you shouldn't have been this or whatever. But how do you guys equate your feelings this with this verdict as opposed to the OJ verdict? Um, I, I don't equate it at all. I feel like it was very, very different, especially because they have been, there have been some interviews of the jurors on the OJ trial. And they literally stated the reason why they said not guilty to OJ was in direct retaliation for Rodney King because they knew white people was going to be mad. So um, in that aspect, you know, I, I don't equate it. You know, I just think that uh, the George Floyd murder video was our generation's Selma when they marched on that bridge and sick the dog on us in the water, you know, and a lot of white people were looking at that and were like, oh my God. Um, so I feel like that that's what it was, but I don't think it was really related to OJ. At least to me, I don't, I don't see the correlation much. Well, no, yeah, not saying related, but you're like, so I guess I'm, I was asking like, what was your reaction when OJ get off, got off? Like, was it like, were you happy about it? Like, I was young, but I think at the time, like I even knew that there was a difference between a black person going to jail and a white person going to jail and the punishment that then occurs. Um, at the time, I think most black people were happy. I feel like if I remember correctly, I feel like I was like, yay, you know, only because I think everybody around me was, um, you know, happy about it. I think when OJ, I was like nine or 10. So I might've been just a little too young um, for that. But I think a lot of black people were happy just because he was black person getting, Mm -hmm. uh, getting off. But then as years past and you realize some of the things that he has done especially when he had that whole book idea of if I did it I think a lot of black people realized then oh this Negro really did kill her (laughs) and her friends Corey I remember I was in um eighth grade I don't know I don't know like if they they had a, a radio on or something but like somebody you know, ran down the hall and was like, you're not, you know, he got acquitted or not guilty or something. Now, I remember like, you know, being happy or, or, or whatever. And most of the kids around, I guess, was happy too. Because, you know, like I didn't know anything about the trial or watch the trial or anything. So, you know, like all I knew OJ from was the Naked Gun movies. And so it was, mm-hmm. you know, probably just like, um, 
like it wasn't even like a black white thing like at least for me you know being in eighth grade i wasn't thinking about it that way um and so it's like now like being looking back at it now as an adult it's more kind of like if you think about it it's it's kind of typical for our justice system or whatever where you have this uh celebrity who has the money to be able to you know hire enough lawyers or whatever and basically mm. buy justice. And so like our, our um, like not only is our criminal justice system uh, racist, uh, usually against people of color, but it's also um, classist against uh, poor people. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, um, like I was reading this uh, article uh, a, a little while ago and it was, it was some shooting, I think it was in Myrtle Beach where it was like uh, these three black men were um, leaving, they were leaving somewhere and this racist or whatever, uh, I don't know if he hit their car or shot at their car, but it, it was like a company car and, you know, uh, no, somebody yelled something racist right? and I think threw something at the car. And so one of the guys got out and was looking at the car and then the racist dude shot at him so the other one of the other black guys returned fire and uh, hit the dude in his in the groin or something like that or, or somehow shot him and uh, the police arrested the black men and uh, they eventually arrested the white dude who the article said was a crackhead that was out on some kind of charges like he was on bail or something so wow. he shouldn't have had a gun should have been locked up and um, the black guys they they had a public defender who they ended up accept, convinced them, I guess, to accept some kind of plea deal, you know, basically where they like got 10 years for defending themselves against a racist. And so it was just like, you know, there was probably definitely some racial things going along with that, but it was, you know, I guess more indicative of, uh, you know, if you can't afford mm -hmm. a, a good lawyer or, or mm -hmm. whatever, then, you know what I mean? Like you're at the mercy of, the prosecutors, you know, and so looking back at the OJ thing, I think it was more, I mean, there was definitely racial things to it. Um, like Johnny Cochran, his defense, I guess, that he put up was, you know, it, it, and it, I guess the, the LAPD had, you know, been racist and stuff. And so, you know, it kind of made it easier for people to buy that story. But I, I, um, like if OJ was just a regular dude, he probably would have had a public defender and, you know, it, he would have went to jail for that. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, I remember, you know, at the time, eighth grade, not really understanding everything surrounded. I was, I was happy that he got off. Christina, real quick, you said mm -hmm. you were nine or ten. That what? You were, you were nine or or ten. When, when was the, when was the trial? Like ninety? Was it ninety two or ninety three? Uh, it was ninety. Eighth grade, it had to be like 90. Well, I was in eighth grade. 94, so it, 95. Yeah. It had so to be then like I would have been, I would have been what, like a 12? Okay. I was about to say, I didn't think you was that much younger than me. That's all. Yeah. Because no. I, I was thinking it was like 91, 92. Yeah, it was, it was 94, so. 95. And the reason I remember it is because. So I, yeah, that was like, that was like 12. Okay. I was in, I was in 10th grade. And I was in uh, I was in math class, Mr. Roof's math class, and I remember it was um, 
directly uh i was like we went over into mr friday's math class to listen to the uh verdict because it was playing it on the radio and um so i i remember at the time like being incredibly excited and i was like happy uh, because <laughs> when they said not guilty, I remember, but it was, it wasn't even a racial thing for me at that age. I remember yeah. like Corey was saying, like it was the only thing I really knew OJ from was the Naked Gun movies and, and the uh, NFL coverage on NBC. And I knew he was a great football player. And I was like, I, I just didn't want to believe that he could have done it. And then it was just like, so that, that was what my mindset when it was. And then as I got older, it was more like, well, yeah, white people get away with stuff all the time. And, and that's the, the way I felt about it. So I felt like this in, in, immense amount of joy or satisfaction that he got off. And it wasn't even until like I got much older, it was like, oh yeah, he did that for sure. Can I, yeah. um, can I make a comment on that? I don't know what led up to talking about OJ. Well, I, I was just about about to ask you, because what it was is uh, I wanted to get, what was like your, um, what was the, the difference in your reaction to the verdict yesterday and your reaction to the OJ trial? Because it wasn't quite, it wasn't the same. I wasn't equating the two, but I was just thinking like, Black people were incredibly happy, and I'm pretty, but you know, I don't think it was that same feeling because I don't think there was like a bunch of white people that was around yesterday that was like oh, that were celebrating. He, he, you know, it's it's um it's kind of what you said. I didn't recognize it until I was older, but I always thought that OJ did it and he got away with murder. And one of the things that I explained to, I have a white friend who. I um, I don't want to say I trust, but I could have a conversation with. And so I said to him, I said, one of the things about the OJ verdict was Black people were happy that a Black man got away with something that white people have been getting away with for years. Mm -hmm. And my follow-up comment to that was, how sad is it that that is our victory? Yeah. That, that yes. is our victory as a community. What must be the psychology behind us celebrating him getting away with murder? Mm -hmm. And perhaps if these things like Chauvin being convicted and found guilty of all three, like if we were treated equally in the past, nobody would have been celebrating OJ getting away with murdering two mm -hmm. people. But that mm -hmm. was our victory. And mm -hmm. I was like, that is really sad that that is our victory yeah. as a community. Yeah. And, you know, uh, let me ask you, Samaya, real quick. I know you weren't you weren't born for uh, OJ, but uh, are you familiar with it, like like with history and stuff? Um, I think I am slightly familiar with the facts of like what went down the night. The women were murdered, but the proceedings I'm not familiar with. Wait, say that again. I'm not familiar with the court proceedings, but like, oh, okay, like the actual like what happened that night, I'm a little aware. Okay, and the reason I asked that question because because I was 
talking about this with Shalay this morning. And I asked that question because I was like, I remember at the time being jubilantly happy. And it's like you said, Kenya, it's kind of sad to me that you, like, that was your victory. You felt happy about that. Because even as I got older and understood it, I remember still being kind of like happy, like, well, he, he got away with it and they've been doing it for years. So, but the verdict yesterday, I wouldn't say like the, the feeling I had more than anything was more relief than happiness. Like I wasn't really happy. I wasn't like overjoyed or anything. Like I was like, like I remember I called you and I was yelling like, yeah, we got that. Like we got him like, like that. But overall it wasn't, I wasn't overjoyed because I was, I'm still kind of like angry. He win? Yeah. And yeah. It, it was just kind of like, like yeah. we're still dealing with it. And then that very same day, and I, I will get into this a little bit after this, there was another black person killed by the police. 15 years old. Yeah. 15. And, and, and so a four times. They all got killed today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another one. Another one? Yeah, today. 16 years old. Yeah. Wait, I think we're talking about the same thing. Was this the girl? Do you know her name? Last name yeah. Bryant. Yeah, that was yesterday. No, I'm talking about, I just saw something on CNN like a few minutes ago where a girl, she was uh, going to stab another girl. Yeah, that that the was, yeah that's we're the talking one. talking about the same thing. Okay. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay. Yeah, so it was. It, Can it, I, I'm, I don't mean to, you know, take over and I don't know that Corey has said anything, but one of the things that I heard when I was uh, watching TV is they keep saying that we have to fix the system. The system is broken. And I heard a black man on TV who had been convicted um, and he was on death row. He had been convicted of a murder that he didn't commit. And he said something that struck a chord with me. And I believe it's true. He said, the system isn't broken. It's yeah. working the exact way that it was meant to yeah. work. Um, so Absolutely. the system needs to be just completely gotten rid of and yeah. revised. It, it's not I mean, broken. It, I've stopped, yeah, I've stopped saying the system has been broken. Like, uh, you know, cause Ava DuVernay has said the same thing. And this, this was like, uh, after she had released the 13th and she had said, you know, people say, we say that the system is broken. The system is broken. And the reality is the system isn't broken. The system operates the way it's supposed to. It's supposed to incarcerate black people. It's supposed to like kill black people. Like it's not, it's not made for us. It's not our system. So it like we can't say it's broken when it operates perfectly the way it was designed to work. So yeah, I, I've stopped saying that. And but the, the reason I was saying I was saying all that was because even though like this man was held accountable. It's like, you know, Jason Johnson on MSNBC made a really good point. And that's why I was trying to get to was that it took, like the reason he was saying, I'm not overjoyed or happy. Like, I'm, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm relieved that the outcome was the way it was supposed to be. But this is what I'm feeling. He was like, it took a man being murdered in front of the world caught on camera and then even after that it was a year's worth of protesting and even after that it took 
white officer after white officer to testify against another white officer just for you to present the outcome that it should have been. And like, but that's just one. And, and it's like, and even then, even after all of that, people still had the feeling of he gonna get off or he about to get off. And then even after that, okay, even after he's been found guilty, there's an overwhelming feeling of he's gonna get the bare minimum. <laughs> Barely gonna do any time in there. And that's that like that's the next step. Like that's the next thing. It's like, how much time is he gonna get? He's gonna get the bare minimum. And so I just I, I, I you know it's it's so frustrating, it's so tiring because like just leading up to it, you had the uh Delon Wright in Minnesota being shot and killed. And then you had the, and I, I wanted to ask y'all about this. So it was the, the girl yesterday, Micaiah Bryant was her name. She was 16 years old and it was in Ohio. She was uh, being threatened by some older girls and she called the police because they, she said they were threatening her with a knife and stuff. And so then the police get there. And ha so have any of you guys seen the video? Cause I watched the video today of it. I, I saw it briefly. I watched it too. Yeah. I watched just the the tail end of it. I didn't watch I don't want to watch it. <laughs> the, yeah. What led up to it is so too much. Do people deserve the death penalty for these things? The, no. the guy who got shot in the back seven times and survived. I'm like Jacob Blake. The, yeah. yeah, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Many times it's a death penalty. George Floyd, I mean, I don't even know if he was trying to pass a fake $20 bill. My dad got handed a, a $20 bill that he found was fake one time and he went in the store to spend it because he thought it was a real $20 bill. I mean, yeah, does the punishment fit the crime? Do people have to die? That's the thing that, that so I watched the video today and it was like the thing that that struck me was that it was incredibly fast. Like he gets out, he yells at these girls fighting, get down, get down, get down, and then immediately shoots. And it was like, the thing that, that I couldn't comprehend was because, you know, they were saying, oh, well, she was about to stab another person. And that's why, you know, Ohio, police have the right to shoot somebody if they're about to harm another person. But the thing that struck me when I watched the video was, all right, without question, this girl definitely had a knife on her hand. Without question, it clearly looked like she was about to stab this other girl. But the thing that struck me that I, that I took from it, and again, I'm not a cop. I already have said that I wouldn't want to be a cop. But at the same time, I just was like, there's at least three to four things I could have thought of to do in that situation as opposed to immediately shoot that girl. And the thing that killed me was the other girl, it was so close together. I was sitting there thinking like, it's almost a miracle he didn't shoot both of them because it's not like he was like, he just let off. And that was the first, his first instinct was, I'm a shoot, I'm a shoot. And my thing is, is like, you ain't got a taser, you ain't got pepper spray, you ain't got a club, 
You can't, like, it's a girl, but she's already engaged with the other girl. You can't grab her hand. And it's like, you know, because I've heard people, and, and I've made this thing before, like, I'm not, like, I've had people where there's been, like, postings of people that have been killed by the police, and there's situations where I go, well, like, I actually don't blame the cop for that. Like, the one girl in Baltimore, I think her name was Corey, uh, I can't remember what it was, but they were serving a drug warrant, and they broke into her. Yeah, and she barricaded herself where her yeah, kid was going live. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't feeling so Corinne something. I, yeah, I wasn't feeling so far. herself in and pulled a shotgun on the police, and people was like, "This is it." Just I'm like, "Oh, if you barricade yourself in, then you pulling a shotgun, and they serving you for a drug charge." I'm like, oh, "That's not the same thing." But this is different. This was not the same thing to me, and it was like. The, the thing that I point out to, like, and somebody point out was, if you could take Dylan Roof, who shot up a church full of people, and you could take up, take, uh, you know, I can't remember the name of all these white people that yeah. shot up people, but if you could okay. take them into custody and they got a gun, and you, Kyle Rittenhouse has an assault rifle, killed that boy went all the way home. Yeah, yeah. three people walked towards you. You don't even, not only do you not shoot him or arrest, you don't even arrest him. He gets- I think they high-fived him. Yes. Yeah, they high-fived him. You give him a bottle of water and say, hey, thanks for coming out here. But this girl, your first reaction with a knife who's not even facing you, wasn't coming at you. So you can't sit there and say, well, she had to do, he had to do that. No, you could have grabbed that hand. You could have, like, she wasn't, she wasn't paying you any attention. So- Can I tell you something? There's actually a police officer in our family who I wish that you had her phone number so that you could call her and get her involved in this because I called uh, cousin Danielle. You know, she's a police officer in Detroit, which yeah. is one of the worst places in the world to be a police officer. But I said to her, you know, when some of this first started happening, I was talking to her and I said, can't the police, you know, aim for a leg or a thigh or something? And she was like, it's really hard to aim for a thigh and we are trained in deadly force. And I'm like, you're trained in deadly force? And she was like, yes. And one of the reasons why I really wish you could have had her on and I didn't even think about it you is because what? one, she's a pol police officer and she's married to a white man. So she might've had all sides of that. I know. I, I, <laughs> it's funny because I saw her making a comment on uh, a post about it. And I know where her feelings are in that regard because I saw what her comment was. And I get it. As a cop, you would be like, well, you're trained to do this. And yes, the girl had a knife, but I'm sorry. There, it, you can't take somebody that has guns in custody and who has shot multiple people and take them in alive and tell me you couldn't even attempt within 20 seconds. Cause it was like within 20 seconds of him getting out the car and yelling three commands, which she totally didn't even hear. I don't even think she knew he was there. And then you fire your gun immediately and then tell me, oh, well, I didn't have a choice. That was the only thing I could do. I don't buy it. Did you, did, did you, did, so I know you're, I know you're talking about um, the young lady that passed away yesterday, but did you get a chance to see the Adam Toledo one? It was the exact same thing as literally he, they told him to turn around 
As he's turning around, they shot this 13-year-old boy in his chest and then have the nerve to go up to him and say, oh, where did they shot you at? Where, where is, where's, the, where's the bullet hole? Where are you bleeding from? I'm trying not to scream and curse because I'm on your podcast. But is, is, is that is, is exactly what you were saying? Yeah. Is there is no, you don't, they never give anyone time to, you know, react yeah. at all. The young, the young mom who was deaf, I look at her story and I'm just like, well, thank God her children were there. But at the same yeah. time, how terrible that her children were there, yeah. that they had to see that. You know, like they just do not give people enough time to respond to them. That's, and I'm just I'm just over it, guys. I'm just over it. Like, like Kenya, you were saying, like, with Danielle, when you asked her, and she goes, well, that's how we're trained. That shows me, like, your training is wrong. Like, you know, dad always says to us, your thinking is wrong. Your training is wrong. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll go to when talking to Ricky, and Ricky, who's in the military, was talking talk about the training he goes through. And he's like, they're in a war zone. They're in a, like, they're trained to, we can't fire our guns unless we're literally fired upon. Like, it right. doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if somebody's pointing a gun at us. If we're like, um, unless they actually let off a shot or they engage us, we can't fire back. And my thought is, I was sitting there thinking like, so that's in a foreign country that's under like at war with people and you don't actually fire unless you're engaged upon. But over here, it's like, if you feel threatened, if you feel concerned, then you can- if you're threatened by black people, because right. like we said, the boy in Kenosha made it all the way home. The man mm-hmm. there in Charleston, South Carolina, I do believe I heard they took him to Burger King after he killed the black people in that church. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, so if you're if you're you're trained in deadly force, I didn't have time to finish up the conversation with her, but she probably would have been attacked on this podcast. But <laughs> um, I'm just like you're trained in deadly force for black people because white people walk away from these things all the time. I'll, I'll have to reach out and have her on. I, I do want to have her on because I'm. Pr- I mean, I'm pretty certain I know what her response is going to be, but it's just. I mean. It, I would like to talk to good cops. I would like to know like what, because that's part of the issue to me is like too many, like the like what was different and why I felt a little bit more encouraged going into this trial was the fact that there was cops that spoke out against them. Like there was cops that came out immediately, like uh, they test and they testified against them, which is rare. That's another rarity. Like they don't typically do that. And I, I'll commend them for doing that. I'll, I'll, even though to me it's the right thing to do, but cops don't usually say crap. And if more actually spoke up and said something, then maybe that's another thing you would get less of this. Um, Corey, I wanted to ask you this, especially since you're the lawyer uh, and people were like, you know, when the jury was deliberating and they only deliberated for 10 hours, and they were saying, oh, that's a good sign. Was that really a good number? Is that like for this type of case? Or is that like, you know? I mean, I can't really say. It, 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 
but uh, just, you know, like from looking on the internet, they were comparing, um, I guess, different uh, high profile cases and the amount of time that jury spent deliberating. Like I think Casey Anthony, it was around like 10 hours or something and George Zimmerman, it might've been a little longer. But so it's like, it, it really doesn't, um, or I, I don't think there's any correlation to the amount of time it, it takes a jury to deliberate and you know what verdict they, they're gonna come back with. Um, is, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I know it was just like kind of all over the board yeah. different high profile cases and the amount of time the jury spent and then you know what verdict they came back with um but i'll, I'll just say like the michaela bryan situation um at least from what i saw like it, it it's it's a little defensible what the cop did as far as like you know the the girl in pink who you know looked like she was about to get stabbed I would be curious, I guess, to hear from her, like what she thinks, you know what I mean? Like, is she grateful that the cops did what they did? But it is kind of like, it it does seem kind of crazy, like how fast it happened, where it was just like, you know, he hopped out the car and and it seemed like he immediately, you know, had his gun out and um, then he fired, it, it sounded like five shots. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's just that thought of like, would would he have been that quick to you know respond and stuff if it had been a white person mm-hmm. like with a knife uh, about to stab somebody and you know there there was that thing I think it happened um, a few days after Dante Wright I don't know if y'all saw the video where there was like it was a sixty one year old white man who uh, in Minnesota hit a cop with a hammer like in the head. And then, um, you know, somehow got in the truck and was driving off with the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, hanging, yeah, yeah. Hanging that, off the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no shots fired, no tasers yep. deployed, nothing. Yep. Hit the, hit so the cop like, car. Yeah. And the cop is actually hanging on to yeah. his truck. And, and hanging so like, on to his truck. Exactly. And so it, it's like you see that. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, that's that kind of stuff is where you're like, you know, okay, yeah. The, the girl in pink might have, you know, her life was in danger. And so, uh, you know, cops are, or I guess if so, if their life or someone else's life is, is in danger, then they're justified in, in using deadly force. But it, it's just amazing the amount of restraint that police will show with white people mm-hmm. that they don't do not yes. show with people of color. You know what I mean? Where it's just like unbelievable that Dante Wright got killed because he was trying to run away from the cops. Um, and uh, this white man is, you know, attack cops, dri- you know, driving away with one hanging and, you know, not a single shot fired. Like, yeah. what is the justification for that? What is the explanation for that? Like, he's white, it, so it, he's it, all right. That's what the justification yeah. is. He's I, white, I mean, so it, he's all right. <laughs> it, it comes down to, they don't see us, people of color, they don't see us as human beings. We don't get yeah. any benefit of the doubt. Whereas white people, it's, it's like, yeah, like, you know, all these mass shooters who get taken in, um, you know, without being killed, where it's just like, they're trying, they're, you know, I guess they see themselves in these killers or whatever. They can empathize where they say, you know, oh, this is a young man, whatever, whatever. 
whereas they just look at us as threats. Like, it, it, like I'm sure y'all have all seen the um, the the different. It, it's some kind of like almost like a mug, mugshot thing, where it's like you know, armed mass killers, you know, taken alive, unarmed black person, um, you know, murdered. Yeah. Kind of like you know, Breonna Taylor, Elijah uh, McLean. I, I think it's it, like all you know, Mike Brown, Eric Garner, all these unarmed black people who, for whatever reason, couldn't be arrested. But, um, you yeah. know, these armed white men getting taken in. So it's like, it's you that know. You're, you're, you're capable of doing it. And that's, yeah. like, that's the thing, like, you're capable of doing it. And that was my thing, like, because, I, like, I, I said to Shalay after I saw the, the uh, Kayla or the Micaiah Bryant video, I said, I was, I was like, she definitely was about to, I was like, it definitely looked like she was about to stab this girl. I was like, without, I was like, I'm not even going front. She clearly looked like she was about to stab her. But at the same time, I was like, I can't say, oh, I'm gonna give you a pass because, like you just said, this dude, like they're like, you're capable of doing it. You're capable of arresting white people that are more of a threat. And I'm just saying, like. Within 20 seconds, you didn't even try to de-escalate the situation. You just immediately was like, shoot. And I still think it's a miracle that he didn't hit the other girl. I just, so, I mean, I, I want to ask you guys this to close out on it. Do you feel like, do you feel like, like, do you feel like that you, like, that there's going to be momentum to actually make change. Do you feel like there's going to be, like, uh, you know, President Biden came out and he spoke out against, uh, like, you know, he spoke about the outcome and he talked about how there has to be changes to combat systemic racism. Do you guys, like, feel like, all right, this dude went down. There's three other guys that's going to be on trial for it. Um, and then you still have the other cases that are potentially coming up. Um, like, I know the, the woman that shot uh, Dante, Dante. Is, is being charged. Do you feel like with the George Floyd Act being in uh, the Senate right now, do you think there's any reason to feel optimistic about things changing? Absolutely not. I know that was going to be your answer. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because we don't, because there's, first of all, we don't have enough votes to get it, like to pass to, to, to Biden so that he can sign it. That's one. Second of all, the reason why we don't have those votes is because there's still these white Republicans who do not believe that the system, that the current justice system is racist. They do not believe that. So we and we need their votes. So absolutely no, it's 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 really not gonna change. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong about that, but you know, um history tells us that, you know, it's we're not. Those, you know, Republicans um, will just have to be essentially voted out, and then we have to try again at some point later down in the future. But um, no, I don't. I think it's going to be business as usual. And this week, 
um, while the trial was going on and in the last two days, three days, you know, it's just been shooting after shooting after shooting of Black people. So it's just like business as usual. So, um, no. Kenya, are you optimistic? I'm going to go ahead and um, can you hear me? Yes. I've been moving around, so <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I agree with Christina. There, there's not enough votes and there's way too many uh, white Republicans that don't believe the system um, is racist. I mean, the, their president said, there's no systemic racism, so. Right, yeah. right. You got you got Marjorie Green, that crazy kook. Oh, trying she's a to, nut. She's a nutcase. She's trying to, I guess, like a political party called Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, I mean, she backed, I just, off, <laughs> backed off on that when uh, even the, the, the head of the House or the head of the House Republicans condemned it and, and was coming for her neck over it yeah she backed off on that <laughs> but the mere fact that there's people like her well, that yeah. still think that and are in yeah. the position that she's in tells me that that bill although how great and fantastic it, it could it could be or it is just tells that's just another it just reaffirms that yes yeah, and people voted she, for her people voted oh, yeah, for her that, that, that that's even that's even more scarier part she has supporters she has supporters when she they came out with that anglo-saxon bs so you know that's how i feel Corey. yeah i don't think um i'm i'm not optimistic uh because this was really i mean it, it was just undeniable you know what I mean? Like we, you had the video, like there was there was no justification for him being on his neck for almost 10 minutes. And so this was an easy, you know, slam dunk. He murdered him. All, all, and, you know, the Walter Scott, um, that was a dude in South Carolina who got shot in the back. That cop mm-hmm. got convicted also. Um, and, and so it's just like, I'm not optimistic because, you know, there there are white folk out there and even, you know, the terrible uh, black people like Candace Owens, Ugh. you know what I mean? Like there are people out there who uh, I guess will blame George Floyd, even, you know, mm-hmm. with that video. And, and so like, as long as there are people who, you know, they, it, it's like you can't fix a problem if you don't admit that there's a problem in the first mm-hmm. place. Exactly. So, you know, all these all lives matter and blue lives matter uh, and and all of those people, they can't even acknowledge that, um, you know, we America is a white supremacist nation built on white supremacy. Um, And and it's just like if you can't even recognize that or whatever, you're never going to solve the problem. Like it's it's basically just going to be whack-a-mole, you know, with these half measures and, and you know, you address, I guess, you know, one unjust killing here, another unjust killing there, but you're not addressing the root cause of the problem, which is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. So like until the white people in power are, are willing to admit that or, or recognize that, um, we're just going to continue in this way. And 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 because the, the problem is, is just like, um, like white, white, white people think that racism is like, you know, 
running around calling black people niggers and being in the KKK. And it's like, no, like this white supremacy thing, you know, it is, it, is, I mean, it's, it's ingrained in everything in, in all levels, uh, in all parts of our society. Like just the, um, the mental freedom that white people have walking around in this yes. country. And the, Corey, the burden please that, preach. Please burden, continue to preach. Like the burden that, that we as black people have, you know what I mean? Like um, I remember was, uh, a while ago, uh, like I went out with some white friends to, um, you know, some bar and, and it was like, you know, everybody got their, their drink or whatever when they ordered except me. And I was like, you know, joking because I, I didn't think it was because it was a, a newly open restaurant or whatever. And I was just like, you know, like, I don't know if this is because this restaurant is bad or it's because I'm the black guy or whatever. And, you know, they all kind of just laughed it off, just like, you know, oh, it's probably just because this is a brand new restaurant, or whatever. And it's like, they don't have to think about that. Like, they, right. they know mm-hmm. when they go somewhere, if they get bad service, it's because it's bad service. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, me or an, like all of us as people of color, if we get bad service somewhere, we always got to say, it's because I'm black. Is this happening to yeah. me because, you know, I, I'm not a white person? And, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, just the, the, <clears throat> the ability to, you know, not ever have to question that or, or think about that is, you know, like, they don't think about the privilege that that is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I, so, like, I, a, a, until folk really acknowledge, mm-hmm. um, you know, the white supremacy that's baked into our society, it, you know, it may get a little better here and there. Or people may be held accountable, but um, you know, like I'm, I'm not optimistic that laws or structures or, or stuff are going to change anytime soon. So, Maya, you're the youngest one here. Do you have any optimism about the future? I have a little bit more than everybody else. Um. um more more so because uh on the social media that I'm on I see a lot I follow a lot of people who, who are younger and who have very strong views about what's going on and they are a lot more inclined to making change in progress um I also believe that um there are ways we can um get out to the community and those communities and see if they can talk to their representatives and see if they can like the way that um what's her name in Georgia Stacey uh, the way that she got to her yes uh the way she was able to get people to vote and show out in the last election I believe if we do the same thing but with getting people to go to their representatives and ask them like, hey, we need you to get the Republicans or I need you to vote for this this bill that's about to be a pass. I feel like if we were to do that, we could definitely get it passed and things could change. I mean, everybody made great points on why things could, could possibly not change. But I feel like if we keep the momentum, like it's, yes, it's sad and it's disappointing and frustrating that it took so much just person convicted. But if we don't give up and we keep the momentum and we don't just fall short, we could probably eventually get them all convicted and anybody else after that. So yes, we're probably gonna have to continue to protest a lot more. Yes, it's gonna probably take a long time, like a year or two for um, them to actually see the picture. But as we can see, we've got Biden as the president, 
even though that may not be much, he is he's in support of this bill. So if we can get more people to get on the program and to be more optimistic and to keep going, there could be change. But seeing how um, some people can't get with the program, there's a good chance that things won't change. Okay, Samaya. So I'll say it's funny that I'm glad you said that because even though I'm, I wasn't like overjoyed of you know with the outcome yesterday because of, of how much it took, I have a slight twinge of optimism only because of like your generation, Samaya. And because yeah. the people that are out there, like, like the people that was out there protesting, that was millennials, that was Gen Zers, that was like, that was young people, like that was leading that charge in the Black Lives Matter movement. So that that is one reason why I have a slight twinge of optimism, but I also feel like the other reason why I'm not even as optimistic as I would like to be is not because of the white people that are in power, the Republicans, is people's attention spans. And I don't want people to be like, oh, okay, well, we got Chauvin and we might even get some, a couple of others sprinkled here and there, but we good. Like we, it's over. Like when Barack was elected president, and people was like, hey, 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 America's not racist. They elected a black president. Like, no. So it's like, I don't want people to be like, problem solved. We got this one racist cop. We got this one murderer. No. So it's like, people have to keep the pressure on. We have to keep, like, getting out there and vote. We can't just vote every four years. We need, like, when it's the midterms, we need to vote. When it's the local offices, we need to vote. Like, exactly. to put the people in place that will make the changes that are needed. I really appreciate you guys jumping on and uh, I look forward to having you guys on for for some other topics, some other stuff that's not as uh, heavy. Um, You know, we missed out on doing my uh, worst movies uh, podcast because y'all are old people and it was awesome. (laughs) Excuse me? Well, you wasn't, not you, Chris. Chris, you wasn't involved, but... Yeah, I was knocked out. But I, I, yeah, I asked <laughs> And you know I was sweet. <laughs> so, but, so give us some thought. Think of your, your three worst movies ever. I have, uh, I actually had two already. Actually, I got, I think I got my three. It's, it's hard, though. So many bad movies. It is. It <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys really uh, sharing your feelings and also dropping like uh, your, yeah. your knowledge. I'll say, Samaya, thank you because that did make me feel a little better that you know the young folks. Yeah, for real. I love are, her. Are, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I will definitely have you guys back on, and um, I, I'm happy that dude was convicted, and then we just got more people to convict as well. And so, no. fighting for right. justice. But thanks for joining me, you guys. I'll talk All to right, you bye. Probably All right, bye. Bye. See ya. That's going to do it for the um, Zero to 100 podcast. Big shout out and thanks to everybody that 
jumped on and uh, participated. Uh, Christina, Corey, Kenya, Samaya. It doesn't get any easier. It, you know, my, the best way I could describe it was, again, like I said, was just a feeling of relief because it's been too many times where you've seen these uh, trials or even if it goes to trial. Like, it's a shock that it even goes to trial. And that's how, how often um, people like Chauvin got away with murder. Um, so, you know, I've heard people say this they don't count this as justice, it's accountability. And I, I would echo that sentiment because justice would be for it to stop happening. Like, justice would be that people are treated equally. And that's the thing that, that I get from especially Micaiah Bryant's case. And, you know, it's like the more you look into it and the more I've seen it, it's, it's so infuriating that she was killed and she was only 16 years old. And yes, without question, she had a knife. Yeah, she did. There's no denying that. Nobody's even saying she shouldn't have faced consequences for that, even though she was in the midst of defending herself. And, you know, I still don't know all the details of, of who was trying to get her and why they were trying to fight her and all this other stuff and all that craziness. But the thing is, is just there's been too many examples of officers taking white suspects in the custody, like Chris Cuomo on um, last week's show on um, Thursday night. He had put up an example of... Um, I, I'm sorry, it was Wednesday night. He had put up an example of a uh, white suspect who had actually stabbed an officer with a knife. Actually stabbed him. And he was taken in alive. Not a single shot fired. Uh, Corey talked about it. Guy who... And, and Cuomo brought that one up. Where a guy attacked the officer with a hammer. Got into his car. Dragged the officer in his car. Not a single shot fired. And then there was another one show where... Uh, white guy with a knife was attacking officers not a single shot fired it's too many examples of white people being armed or assaulting officers and nothing happens to them so don't tell me it's she had a knife i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it it doesn't matter if I, I i'm dead serious when i say that and i know people are oh, but, you know because like I said, there has been instances, there has been times where I see people do, like, like police shooting people, like, and I sit there and say, well, I mean, you pulled a gun or you did this. Nobody's saying these people don't deserve to be arrested, but arrest them. You don't have to kill them because you've done it too many times. And... One of the things that Chris Cuomo pointed out on his show that really stood out to me and I was like, exactly, was people who try to say officers didn't have a choice or that this isn't a real problem. It's more white people that are killed by the police than black people. Yes, you make up the majority of the population. So yes, it, it, the numbers should bear out that there's more. But what are the numbers of unarmed white people being overwhelmingly killed by the police 
And so, like, and Chris Cornwell was saying, like, show me that. Oh, but you can't because it doesn't exist. But then, even if it does, then wouldn't you admit that, okay, if there's an overwhelming number of white people that are being unarmed and killed by the police, then wouldn't you say there's a police excessive force problem? Then it's not a racial problem. Then it's a police excessive force problem. It's, it's training. It point is, it's like something has to change. Something has to be done. It has to be different. And we have to put people in place that recognize it and will be willing to do something about it. Because you can't be willing to do something about it when you won't even acknowledge that there's a problem. And it's just the, the fear I have. There's the fear that I have is that this dude was convicted of murder and people in positions of power change will be like oh okay all right well we're good we got see that guy went to jail but we can't be complacent we can't just be like oh, okay well we got this one that's just that's one it's a drop in the bucket <laughs> you know the same time leading up to this you had a, Multiple people being killed. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you had the kid in Minnesota, in in, in Delon or uh, Deshaun Wright, and he was killed. Oh, I'm reaching for a taser. Well, you you've been an officer for uh, how long, and you can't tell the difference between a taser and a gun. I, I'm t- like. Don't get me wrong. I know being a cop is a tough job. I wouldn't want to do it. I would not want to do it. You do put your life on the line. And I would say there is definitely more cop, good cops than there are bad. But the bad ones have taken over. Like they have, they have become the face of your organization. And I just don't understand how you yourself don't see that you need to speak out more. Plain and simple. Like, you have to speak up more. You got to say something. Um, My cousin, who lives in Detroit, is a police officer. And I really wanted to have her on. And I reached out to her. And, you know, she said she didn't feel comfortable uh, talking about this subject in public or on, you know, not in public, but on the the show. So she's not going to come on. We're not going to have a conversation. But I am going to have a conversation with her because I would love to get her input. I want to know what does she think about all of this stuff as a police officer. Does she still like being a police officer? Is she, you know, what is her her thoughts on it, or what is her training in certain situations? And so I'm, you know, not gonna have the conversation on the podcast, but I'm definitely gonna talk to her, and I'll let you know what the results of that was. But it's just it's so infuriating. It's it's but it gets to a point beyond fury and, and you almost just feel like the sense of int- immense sadness like what are we doing here when's it gonna stop all I know is that we have to stay vigilant we have to keep fighting we can't just let this one go we can't be like hey we got this one it's all good it's not all good because they keep doing it and they're not gonna stop until we force them to stop they have to stop we have to change Things have to be reformed. They have to be changed. It has to. Be, 
Like I stopped saying the system is broken because the system's not broken. The system operates the exact way it was designed to operate. It was designed to keep one part, like one group at the top and another group in the bottom. Plain and simple. The system's not broken. It works the way it's designed to. And that's the, the that's what has to be, be changed. So I know this is a heavy one. This was this was this is tough. I'm just but like I said, I'm relieved that he was held accountable. I'm relieved that I, you know I'm praying in the case of more cases that are actually on trial, like Ahmad Albury. I know that the officer that killed uh, Deshaun Wright is is was charged with second degree. I hope there's justice in that case. I just um, but I really want these cases to stop. I want them to stop. So, uh, that, that's it for this episode of Zero to 100 Podcast. There will be another episode that I'm going to try to get out before the, um, draft, which is on Thursday and, um, try to get an episode out where I have my fellow Cowboy fans on and we talk about what we think they're going to do with the 10th pick and, and maybe some other positions that we hope they they address uh, in the draft coming up. Uh, So that will be coming out soon. I also will just say, because I'm posting this at the night at the Oscars, and I will say, my goodness, that was the worst Oscars ever. Without question. It was so crappy. And I know it was, like, weird because they had to do the pandemic and every, you know, it was during the pandemic and everything. And my wife laughs at me because I actually enjoy watching the award shows and stuff, especially the Oscars. But this was whack. It was so garbage. And then the thing that was the worst part of it to me was, so it was really weird that they took the Best Picture nominee and they did that one, like, earlier. And so they ended the night with the two top acting categories, Best Actress, Best Actor. And so people was hyped because you think, oh, sweet, okay, Viola Davis is going to get Best Actress and uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to get Best Actress, going to close it out on that. That's awesome. And then Viola Davis loses, and then Chadwick Boseman loses, and you're like, what the F? It was so... Point is, it's garbage, but that's not what this is about. But um, I really appreciate you guys listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. And let me know. Reach out. It's uh, email the show at zero to 100 pod at gmail.com. That's the number zero. T-O, the number 100, P-O-D at gmail.com. Join the conversation. And you can follow me on Twitter at WCWPoet. This has been the Zero to 100 Podcast, episode 65. We out!